exactly 20 years ago, a missionary was leaving Mongolia after 10 years of service. And he challenged Mongolian Christians for several things. And I don't remember anything else except the one he said, you must, you Mongolians must translate the Bible by yourselves into your own language. And it, this must be done by you. <laughs> and so, and that was the, uh, the seed that he planted actually last week he he was in mongolia visiting mongolia um and so i, I told him you are the one who put me into this <laughs> <laughs> he planted the seed and uh, and you watered it and it's bearing fruit that's that's wonderful to hear thanks for joining us for a new season of on mission with chris wright a podcast produced by Langham Partnership. Visit langham.org to learn more about Langham. What can Christians in Indiana learn from Christians in Indonesia? How can church leaders in Mumbai equip pastors in Miami, which is where I live and serve? On this podcast, we listen in on conversations between Chris Wright and church leaders in Africa, Asia, and Latin America, where my family has their roots. We hope you discover how much wisdom the church in the West has to gain from their sisters and brothers in villages and towns around the world. This podcast is brought to you by the Langham Partnership, a ministry founded by John Stott, to equip church leaders in the majority world. Visit langham.org to learn more about Langham and explore more resources from global church leaders. Our host is Dr. Christopher J.H. Wright, known to many as Chris Wright, a respected theologian and award-winning author of more than 30 books, including critically acclaimed The Mission of God, Unlocking the Bible's Grand Narrative. When he's not writing books, Chris serves as Global Ambassador and Ministry Director for Langham. Today, we pick up with part two of Chris's talk with Bayer Garamsarang, a theological leader in Mongolia who received his PhD with support from Langham. Today, he leads Langham Preaching's work in Mongolia, directs the Mongolian Bible Translation Project, pastors a local church, and produces biblical resources for the church through a publishing house he founded with his wife. Chris and Bayer will touch on his passion to equip the Mongolian church with trained leaders and resources, and we'll hear what the church in the West might learn from the young and energetic church in Mongolia. Let's think a little bit about your personal on mission, as it were. Mm. And as I said earlier, uh, you do represent all three of our programs. Uh, you're a, a scholar and doing translation work. You're a pastor of a church and uh, preaching regularly and leading the preaching training uh, and also involved with literature as, as a publisher and, and as a writer. I was thinking we should start with the first of those uh, as mm -hmm. a Langham scholar because uh, perhaps the, uh, the the most use that you have made of your doctoral qualification and your biblical expertise is that you're involved uh, in Bible translation work uh, with the Mongolian United Bible Society and you're heading up a project for uh, a contemporary translation of the Bible into the Mongolian language uh, from the original, from Hebrew and Greek. Um, but you were telling me earlier that this is not the first time that the Bible has been translated into Mongolian. Um, give us a little bit of the history and then mm -hmm. what exactly you are heading up now, because you're not doing all this translating by yourself, of course. Uh, there's mm -hmm. a whole team that you're managing, and I, I met some of them when I was there in your offices. Mm -hmm. So tell us a bit of the history 
history and a bit of what it means now to be translating the Bible into Mongolian again. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. The tra- um, history of Bible translation into Mongolian um, goes back way down uh, back to the Mongol Empire period, um, where a Franciscan missionary um, from Italy, uh, from the city of Mon- uh, Carvino, uh, we came came to this capital, then the capital city of uh, Mongolia, uh, which is t- uh, today's Beijing, uh, close to Beijing. And he actually started a Catholic church, and then he wrote back to the Vatican saying that, I have completed translating the New Testament and the Psalms uh, in Mongolian and and have it beautifully written and have some pictures drawn and, um, you know, images made. And so that is the very first um, fact of the Bible translation in the Mongolian language. Uh, But then... uh, that that's more than 700 years ago then um, uh, in the 18 1800s we have uh, people missionaries from britain uh, scottish and um, others four missionaries who started the bible translation from the biblical languages into mongolian and they were actually stationed in mongolia uh, in the northern part of, of mongolia uh, in actually baikal in siberia and they produced the first complete Bible into Mongolian and the Old Testament in 1840 uh, and the New Testament in 1846, actually published in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was able to see the, uh, the original copies of these Bibles when I was at um, Cambridge. Because, oh, you know, the Cambridge uh, University Library has the, the collection of all of these old Bibles from the British and Foreign Bible Society. Uh, Cambridge has all of those wonderful collections. That must so have been a wonderful see. experience for you to see the, the very first, uh, yeah. in, in that sense, modern translation from those years and of the work of Bible yeah. Society. That must have been a very historically moving moment yeah. for you, I'd have thought. Oh, very nice. Yeah. I mean, I was very fortunate to be in Cambridge where the biggest collection of old Mongolian Bibles were kept. <laughs> so it's very very nice yeah. uh, anyway the, the history then goes and so that um, uh, history continued up to the even during the communist period and there was a lot of uh, revisions made uh, but then in 1991 there was a very first uh, a new translation uh, in the Cyrillic alphabet because you know we switched from the traditional vertical script into Russian based Cyrillic alphabet in the 1930s. Uh, so when the country opened up in 1990s, uh, we had um, a Cyrillic uh, alphabet-based uh, Bible. Mm. Um, so now I'm uh, heading a, a Bible translation project uh, uh, with Mongolians, all Mongolians, mm-hmm. uh, doing a, a contemporary new translation from the biblical languages into the Mongolian language. And so I, we started from scratch, meaning that uh, we don't have Mongolians who are already trained and who already have PhDs or who already have uh, all of the qualifications to do Bible translation. Of course, um, you know, we looked for people with biblical uh, Bible school training and some theological training. So we were very fortunate to have some people. And so we started in 19, uh, I mean, tw- 2014. Uh, with this project and um, 
now we have completed translating the Old Testament from uh, Hebrew and uh, Aramaic into Mongolian. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're in the final stages of editing and checking uh, the translation the, of mm -hmm. the Old Testament. And uh, now this year we're moving into the New Testament. Uh, and uh, our team, um, we just received, uh, uh, you know, kind of, um, of course, we all had uh, Bible school Greek. Uh, you know, Bible school Greek is just, you know, you study and then if you don't use it, you forget. Mm. You know, it's not fresh to you. So we had a Greek teacher, um, a Greek born, you know, ethnically Greek teacher, actually from uh, Myrta's Bible school, mm -hmm. uh, Greek Bible college. And so she's still continuing to teach us and help us with the Greek. And so we are. Uh, we're very encouraged um, mm -hmm. to improve in our Greek language skill. So mm -hmm. we are moving into the New Testament. So we hope to uh, complete the translation by 2025 mm -hmm. and to provide this new translation to the That's Mongolian. Wonderful. So I'm, I'm so pleased to hear that you've completed the Old Testament. That's that's wonderful. And, and moving into the New Testament. And just uh, for people to um, pick up what you said there, you mentioned Myrto and Myrto mm -hmm. Theochorus is a, a Langham scholar from Greece. She is actually Greek Cypriot and teaches in Athens at the Greek Bible Institute. And you're saying that's one of her um, staff or faculty who have been helping with uh, with the Greek language, which is which is wonderful yes. to hear. And I also know that you have met because you, you're actually one of several Langham scholars who are professionally engaged in Bible translation work alongside other things. And that you have met uh, Sarah Logenpai, who is the head of the Bible Society in Thai in, in Thailand. Uh, and also mm. Edgar Ebojo, who's a senior Bible translator in the Philippines and another Langham scholar and involved there. So it's a very godly brotherhood at the moment um, yes. of, of, of men who are involved with, with Bible translation. That's, that's great to know. And I gathered just from earlier conversation that today itself, because as we talk now, it's your evening time. But uh, today itself, you were very busy there in that work with that team, uh, doing all that Bible translation work and managing the team. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So my everyday job is uh, Bible translation, mm. um, you know, Monday to Friday and Saturday, Sunday is, and some evenings um, is my church ministry. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, um, you know, I don't really have <laughs> much time for, <laughs> Um, to rest and do other things uh, for all that horse uh, racing and wrestling that uh, you Mongolians want to do. <laughs> no, not much time uh, for that. Perhaps that's just yeah. as well. Uh, although yeah, I do. My hope PhD you studies really um, was so helpful, so instrumental for what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, doing um, um, text, uh, text critical studies in the Old Testament, uh, especially for the. Uh, Septuagint uh, Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible. Mm. So I purposely chose that field mm. to equip myself to prepare myself for what I'm doing now. Yes, you know, for the Old Testament translation and the New New Testament translation. So mm. I uh, supervise my team and I train my team, and I I try my best to really you know impart my knowledge and uh, what I know to my team members. And yes. so hopefully. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, they will, uh, you know, we we continue to grow on the job, 
uh, because we don't have uh, people who are ready. So we are growing as a team every day. We reading in every morning for the Old Testament, but we read the we read every day from the Old Testament from the Hebrew, one or two chapters every day. And now uh, with the New Testament, now we're starting to read Greek every morning and then translate and then discuss. So we continue to to do the exercise and training that, on the that, job. That's wonderful. Exactly 20 years ago, a missionary was leaving Mongolia after 10 years of service. And he challenged Mongolian Christians for several things. And I don't remember anything else except the one he said, you must, you Mongolians must translate the Bible by yourselves into your own language. And it, this must be done by you. Mm-hmm. And so, and that was the, uh, the seed that he planted actually Last week, he he was in Mongolia visiting Mongolia, um, and so I, I told him, "You are the one who put me into this." <laughs> <laughs> he planted um, the I'm seed, really and uh, and you watered it, and it's bearing yes. fruit. That's yep. that's wonderful to hear. And that was exactly twenty years ago. Mm. Uh, twenty years ago, around the month of uh, November, exactly mm. twenty years ago. So, um, I, I was actually in the I was doing a job for finance. Um, because my undergraduate training is finance and banking. So mm-hmm. I moved from finance financial job to a, a Bible translator. Mm-hmm. Now, um, your scholarship also is involved, of course, with theological education. Uh, and I, mm-hmm. you maybe just tell us a little bit about that in Mongolia. While I was there, I mm-hmm. was privileged to visit the Union Biblical Theological College uh, with its principal mm-hmm. now, uh, Luya. I don't know if he's still the principal, but uh, yes. they were yes. also developing and, and building up. Tell us a bit about that, about that college uh, and your involvement with it, because I think you do some teaching there, uh, and, and how theological education is going in the country. Um, the theological education in Mongolia is, uh, is you know, is going okay improving because of course we have a lot to learn and improve uh, but i think now we have a quite a, a fairly good number of mongolians who are trained in theology who have studied overseas and who have done master's level and, and the few who are doing like um, thm master of theology degrees and who have come back to mongolia and are teaching mm-hmm. and there are several schools now in mongolia I mean, some of them started way back. Uh, Union Bible Theological Training is the biggest one, but then we also have uh, Assemblies of God Bible School, uh, Methodist Bible School, uh, Presbyterian. Uh, this is associated with the Korean Presbyterians. Um, so, so, um, so these are uh, four I would mention as you know the core Bible schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not officially teaching at uh, um, uh, any Bible college, uh, but I'm also, but I, from time to time, you know, I help out a little bit. For example, like I'm writing a textbook for Mongolians to learn biblical Hebrew. And the draft version has been used um, at the Bible college for last five years. Good. Let's let's move to the other Langham program, which is Langham Preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And the reason I did visit there in, in May 2019 mm-hmm. was precisely to participate in the, the Langham Preaching program there with you and, and Pujay and others. Um, how has that been going? Is it is it still continuing? And uh, is it is it a growing movement? Um, 
for last two years, because of COVID-19, ah, yes. uh, we have a really kind of not just the, uh, you know, um, language preaching training, but every other training and church activities have slowed down. And we're just doing a bare minimum for the church, every mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we can't, we still really officially cannot meet in person. We can't have in-person meeting, but only recently we started to have a limited number of uh, in-person meetings. Uh, for the last two years, it's just been only online, online, mm-hmm. everything online. Mm-hmm. And um, so f- for the Langham preaching, um, it was going on pretty well. We had one class um did the whole three-year training and then the second batch we started uh two years they did and then the the third year is um is waiting um and the clubs were running quite well uh but now with the COVID 19 mm-hmm. uh it's just really things slowed down or even just kind of suspended yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're hoping that uh, now with uh, things opening up again mm-hmm. uh, we will start again I hope so. Yes, we'll certainly pray for that. Uh, that that will because it was certainly doing well. I remember it was. I was very impressed with the quality of the people and uh, the leadership and so on. Um, and of course, you yourself are a preacher because you're pastoring a church. So there's scholarship, there's preaching, and then there's Langham literature. And obviously, you're involved with translation work. Um, now we need to keep moving. And one of the things that I know that you're also passionate about is that the, the, the scriptures and the gospels should be interacting with Mongolian culture and ethical mm. issues in the country. Uh, and so there's a, a Mongolian Research Institute um, and a Mongolian Association of Pastors and Elders, mm. Mongolian Evangelical Alliance, these various networks uh, that you're involved with. And, and uh, one of the events that you had me speak at was precisely on the issue of how the Bible interacts with uh, issues of society and economics and politics and culture today. Uh, are you still involved much with that? And uh, do you think you're making oh, yes. some headway? Mm. Yeah, I'm still on the board of Mongolian Research Institute for Christianity. Uh, again, this is a, a new thing that we had trying to do together as a team uh, Mongolian Christian leaders um, and also helping, you know, just trying to find ourselves or uh, help other Mongolian Christians to start to think uh, what it means um, as Christians, how to interact with the society, how we influence um, people, and especially in terms of, um, you know, many uh, other areas like justice and health and many other things. For these uh, Mongolian leaders, I would say um, what we really need is some sort of um, guidance in um, what we do or how we work and how we interact with the society. Mm. I think we need some guidance. Mm. It's not that we are making terrible mistakes, but we just because we're so young and we are, we need to we need some guidance from more experienced people like you mm. and you know help us ask us questions and then so make us think make us um, reflect on how we uh, deal with the society how we influence the society yeah and then and what you what you must be wanting and needing as well is for mongolians to be writing 
doing the reflecting, mm-hmm. doing the thinking and engaging, but also and that is the hard job. Very, very hard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, writing. I find writing is a very hard job because it requires so much mental energy, mental exercise and thinking and thinking and you know asking questions mm. and so it's not not an easy job mm, that's um, true so we as mongolian christians need to learn to think and write yeah well that's something to be praying about isn't it for the maturity of this church uh, thinking and writing uh, and contributing in that way talking about the church and uh, the global church one of the things that we always want to discuss on these podcasts is because most of those who listen to this podcast will be uh, Western Christians, obviously not all, but many will be. What mm-hmm. do you think the the young, yes, the young Mongolian church has to say to the churches in the West? I mean, you've lived uh, in America and in Israel and in the UK. You're familiar with what church life is like in our part of the world. Mm-hmm. So in what way do you think the voice of Mongolian Christian church for all its youth and energy and new vigor could be saying to the churches of the West? Mm. Ah, that's a big question. <laughs> it is. Mm, yeah. I would say, um, in on, uh, on one side, please um, support us in a way that will help us mature help us to become good thinkers uh, who are able to make the right choices, who are able to make the right decisions um, with good long-term results. Um, you know, as a, as, a, as a young church, if we, if we can say uh, Mongolian church is like a one person, mm-hmm. uh, help us to become mature. And so guide us and lead us and, uh, but also, on the other hand, um, maybe give some opportunities, give some space, uh, give some um, ch- chances to do something, uh, you know, uh, make some steps forward and even be involved in things and do some things. Um, I'm encouraged that uh, now I've heard it uh, qu- uh, quite a few times that um, some international organizations are looking at Mongolian Christians as very potential um, personnel resources for missions because Mongolians are firstly uh, very flexible people. They're very um, tough, mm-hmm. meaning that they can they can endure uh, mm. some hard conditions and they, they don't complain mm-hmm. and also very gifted in languages and they're also young and a lot of energy and they're very mission minded mm-hmm. um, so uh, maybe with all of that uh, god given gifts and some uh, combination of gift natural gifts and god given gifts Together, we may be able to contribute and some bring some energy, bring some um, something new mm. to the global church. But, I very much hope I would that is say true. I want to be a bit more humble and learn um, <laughs> because yes. we're so young and 
Well, quite. But that that's those are two lovely things uh, to be young and in need of maturity and in many ways as you know that is exactly the vision of Langham is that we want to see the church not just growing bigger in numbers but growing up in maturity that was exactly John Stott's vision and in a sense God has been doing the first you know making the church grow bigger Mm. phenomenally so Um, and in a sense Langham comes along rather like Apollos followed the apostle Paul you know Paul did the church planting and Apollos did the church watering and and Langham is more mm-hmm. like the Apollos of Christian mission, you know, concerned to help younger churches grow in maturity and to fulfill their potential. But at the same time, to recognize that, as, as you said, that uh, if Mongolians by their national characteristics have this durability, flexibility, adaptable, tough, uh, not complaining, as mm-hmm. you put it, and in the West, we, we don't like any bit of inconvenience. Mm. We want our Christianity light and easy. Um, and mm. maybe we've got something to learn from those who've lived through tough times and continue to uh, and are able to endure and have that perseverance that the Apostle Paul prayed for. So that those are good mm. things. Um, as we come towards the end, Obaya, we, we do always want to say, what can we be praying for? Because I know that people who listen to this podcast will be wanting to turn it into prayer. And so what about yourself and your work and your ministry and your family, uh, you and uh, Yanja and the children? What can we be praying for you? Yeah, before I mention about myself or my family, I would say um, uh, one prayer point for Mongolian church would be that... Um, uh, we may pray that the Mongolian church will have many mature leaders. Uh, I mention this because uh, there are many cults have come into the country, many cults, especially from South Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, one of them is called like Mother God Cult. The other one is New Heaven and New Earth. And these are all um, cults, uh, really strange, strange teachings. And, and they've taken away many people, many Mongolian Christians from churches, and they've stolen people. Uh, and the society is sometimes confused about these cults, whether they're Christians or not. And so because they, they, as a large society, you know, it's it's Buddhist and non-Christian, uh, they see our uh, all of these people with the Christian name or under the under the name Christian, they see them as one and and they're all confused. So I think all of this is again a sign and that we are a young church. You know, in the New Testament, so many false teachers and false uh, uh, you know people came around and disturbed the churches. And so I, I think exactly. That's what's happening in Mongolian church today. Yeah. So um, about my family. Um, yes, please um, pray for my family. As I said, I have four children and my wife. Uh, my wife has a liver condition, that um, uh, liver cirrhosis, um, and that uh, there's no treatment at the moment. But um, um, she needs to be very, very careful with uh, work stress and so on. Um, 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 I also recently, two months ago, had a, um, a condition in my eye that the blood uh, a vessel burst in my eye and it, um, it really uh, blurred my vision. And I had a laser treatment and then I had a, 
um, injections, special injection into, right into my eye. So right now uh, it's improving, but it isn't, hasn't gone back to the normal. Uh, so I may have some of this lingering uh, condition uh, for a long time or for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So I must be very, very careful uh, with my eye. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, please uh, uh, pray for my children. My daughter is uh, my second child, uh, is graduating from high school this year. And so she's applying to colleges. And mm -hmm. so pray that God's will be done in her life and she will be in the a good and uh, right college with uh, a sufficient amount of scholarship. Yes. Yeah. You have uh, four children spread from yeah, 20 children. down to 11, I believe. So, yeah. It, uh... yeah. My oldest is now studying at Gordon College, actually. Okay. In Massachusetts. Good, good. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. So, we are very thankful that he's at a, a good Christian college. Mm. Well, uh, we've been talking together to uh, my brother Bayar Garamtran from Mongolia, uh, and it is wonderful through this podcast to have a feeling for that church, that part of God's body of Christ uh, in that part of the world. And so we will certainly pray for the church there and for Bayar and Janja and your children. Let me do that right now, and then we'll, we'll close. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to have this conversation Thank you for my brother Bayar and all that he's done already. Thank you for bringing him to faith in yourself uh, in those early days of the freedom of, of Mongolia. And we pray that you will not only bless him, but also strengthen the church there in maturity, that you will preserve those who know you and serve you from the influence of false teachers and cults, exactly in the way the Apostle Paul prayed for the church in the New Testament. So be with him and his wife now and preserve and protect their health and their family. And we thank you for this conversation and pray that it will be a blessing and an encouragement to all of those who listen. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it for today. I'm amazed at how God has brought such remarkable growth to his church in Mongolia in only 30 years since the end of communism. Praise God for the dedication, energy, and enthusiasm of Mongolian Christians like Bayer who are leading the church and transforming a country for Christ. Let's continue to pray for the church in this part of the world as we go about our weeks. Again, I'm Angel Torero. And thank you for joining me for On Mission with Chris Wright, a podcast produced by Langham Partnership. Visit langham.org to discover how they multiply and equip leaders around the world. If you enjoyed today's conversation, will you let us know by giving us a review and sharing this with a friend? And then join me for future episodes where we'll be talking to leaders in Zambia, Palestine, Kenya, Brazil, and beyond. We look forward to having you join for our next episode of On Mission with Chris Wright. In the meantime, God bless. <music>